of Genesis 37, so I'm just going to read a few verses, and it will sort of uh, prepare our hearts for the lessons that are in the chapter. Let's begin with verse 1, where the Bible says, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheep. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. Let's leave off reading there. That's the first eight verses of Genesis chapter 37. God willing, in these three times we have together on this Lord's Day, I'd like to preach on three tests that Joseph endured in route to his throne or to his exaltation. God had given him these dreams and verified the greatness of his future. But between his dreams and those dreams being fulfilled, between his aspirations and those aspirations becoming experience, he had to pass some tests, and uh, we're going to look at those tests. In this session, I want us to look at the test of his spirit. This involves whether or not one is committed to God, the test of the spirit. And then God willing, in the 11 o'clock hour, I want us to look at the test of his body. This will evidence whether or not he is controlled by God. And then, God willing, tonight we want to look at the test of his soul. He was tested body, spirit, and soul. Or spirit, soul, and body. In route to his exaltation. Now, this morning we're looking at the test of his spirit. 
This will reveal whether or not he is committed to God. And the test is primarily the test of rejection. The question is, will Joseph allow the spirit of his brethren to affect his spirit? Is he going to allow their attitude of rejection to cause him to retaliate against them? Well, you who have read this story know that he was forgiven. And he passed the test. He didn't allow their spirit of rejection to cause him to reject them or to retaliate against them. And therefore he could move on in the divine process. I read where Dr. G. Campbell Morgan in his first, uh, in his first move to be accepted in the ministry, he applied to what was then known as the Methodist Church. Before they could ordain him, before they would ordain him, they had to talk to him, quiz him, question him, hear him. And he did not pass their inspection. He was rejected by the fathers. He was rejected by the council. But instead of allowing their rejection, their spirit of rejection to crush him and to put him out of the ministry altogether, he sent a wire to his father and he said, rejected. His father sent him a word back. Rejected on earth, but accepted in heaven. And later, G. Campbell Morgan became a great preacher in the congregational movement of England. And of course, even pastored here in the United States. And his books, his commentaries are all a blessing to God's people. But he passed the test of rejection. Uh, let me admit, as we approach these principles that I have not handled rejection in life very well. Now, some of you may have walked on water when you were rejected. But I gurgled on my way down. And uh, I want to learn more how to cooperate with God's plan and not respond according to my fear. And I, I want us to look at uh, Joseph's commitment. Oh, I believe this is the real issue. We're genuinely committed to God. No matter how people treat us, we'll be able to pass the test. Notice, first of all, the spirit of rejection is manifest in verse number 4. In the spirit of jealousy, when Joseph's brethren realized, hey, dad loves Joe more than he loves us. And isn't it interesting that God doesn't cover up things? We would have probably said, now don't put this in the story. 
that Jacob loved Joseph more than the other boys. But God just blurted it right out here. That he loved Joseph because he was the son of his old age and made him a coat of many colors. And his brethren, that is Joseph's brethren, were enraged. The Bible says they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. That spirit of jealousy or envy seems to be the beginning of Joseph's rejection. Of course, the Bible never puts any approval on envy, does it? But we talk about that green-eyed monster of envy or jealousy. But actually, the word for envy in the Old Testament is kindred to the color red. So we might say that red-eyed monster of envy. Uh, at any rate, Joseph's brethren are upset because he gets a little more attention than they do. They hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. They couldn't even say, Hey, brother, how are you doing today? Good to see you in the Lord's house. So glad you're here. No, they turned their head the other way as if they didn't notice he was there. They couldn't speak peaceably unto him. I think sometimes this happens in our churches. Someone is blessed of God. Someone is unusually uh, benefited by God's grace and kindness. And maybe they'll even testify, as Joe did here, about his dreams. And then instead of us saying, oh, that's great. Praise God. God is helping you. God is moving in her life. If we're not careful, we'll be like Joseph's brethren. We'll say, oh, I wish they would shut up. I wish they would sit down. If they let him jump up a few more times, he's going to take over. And so we get full of jealousy. And... Uh, can't even speak peaceably unto certain people. The spirit of jealousy is followed by the spirit of superiority. Really, what bothered the brethren here is that Joseph seems to be put on a pedestal above them. When he dreamed his dream and told them about it, they hated him the more. And in verse 8, they said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Do you think, Joe, that you are superior to us? And shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? They see themselves superior to, to little Joseph, to their little brother. Who does he think he is? By the way, where there is a sense of superiority, there will be much rejection towards others. Because you see them as, uh, they're, they're jeopardizing my position. And they're going to have to be intimidated. They're going to have to be overlooked. They're going to have to be put down. 
because they're nowhere near what I am. I've been at this church as long as the church has been here. Nobody's going to have a place over me. I've been teaching that class so long. How dare them say that to me? Can't believe that they're getting more attention. It's a spirit of superiority. I'm somebody. I, I am full of pride. And nobody is going to be above me. Who do they think they are? I'll have the last word. And so there's the spirit of jealousy which becomes evident in the spirit of superiority. You know this, but we all need to be reminded. Pride goeth before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. Oh, brother, the very area that we feel superior in will often be the very area that we become so deflated in. Sort of like the fellow who said about his children when somebody else's children or daughter went astray. He said, well, I'll tell you, mine will never end up like that. Oh, he was right. His were worse. His got in the headlines. Ah, uh, God resisteth the proud. But he giveth grace to the humble. And so Joseph is attacked by a spirit of jealousy. And then he's attacked by a spirit of superiority. Notice in verse number 9, he dreamed another dream. You almost want to say, Joe, don't tell that one. They're already mad as the devil. Just sort of be quiet. Don't tell what God's doing for you, Joseph. No, he couldn't help it. He's bubbling over and he says, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. This even got his father Jacob upset. He said to him in verse 10, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren envied him. But his father observed the saying. Now, at this point, the brethren went to feed the flock down in Shechem. They take the sheep down to Shechem. After they've been gone a day or two, uh, Jacob thought, well, they've probably cooled off by now. Let, let me put Joseph out there where they are and let him mix and mingle with his brethren. He can't have this attitude of, of him receiving all the revelation and they can't have this attitude of being superior. I'll send Joe out to check on them. And so in verse 14, he said to Joseph, Go, I pray thee, See whether it be well with thy brethren and well with the flocks. And bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron and he came to Shechem. Eventually, he had to be sort of guided with, by some others. Always, God always has some helpers along the way, doesn't he? He went to Shechem, but they had gone to Dothan and 
So this man told Joseph, they went to Dothan. And so Joseph headed to Dothan. Look at verse 18. Here's the third attitude of their rejection. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Hey, behold, behold the dreamer cometh. Here comes dreaming Joe. Look at that coat he's got on. Isn't he cute? Dreaming Joe, he's here. They conspired against him, the Bible tells us. This leads to a third attitude of rejection. First, we saw the spirit of jealousy. Then we saw the spirit of superiority. Now there's the spirit of conspiracy. They plot and scheme and plan and maneuver as to what's going to have to be done about dreaming Joe. Oh, they didn't have a phone, phone to call each other, but they whispered around. What do you think we're going to have to do? I've heard him tell about his dreams all I want to hear. If he jumps up and testifies one more Sunday night, I am going to say something to him. What do you think ought to be done? And so they began to conspire. They began to get their heads together. How do you feel about it? Some of us have been talking. I have had several say to me, and here it goes. And everybody's conspiring. Old Joe just comes in praising God. He, he, he's thrilled that he could come down to visit them. In fact, he brought them some food. Brought them a good report from home. Do you think they were interested in his good news? Or his gifts of love? No, they're eaten up with jealousy and superiority. So they conspire against him. The first time I get an opportunity, I'm going to do this way. And when he arrived, what they had conspired was put into action. In fact, verse 20 tells us what they said. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him. And cast him into some pit. And we will say some evil beast hath devoured him. And we shall see what will become of his dreams. Of course Reuben. Who already had had some problems in his life. He spoke up and said let us not kill him. Shed no blood. You want to cast him into a pit. Okay. Because he thought later he would get him out of the pit and deliver him. And so when Joseph came, they began to respond. Here is the fourth attitude of rejection. The spirit of cruelty. You know, if jealousy rules in our hearts, we, we are dominated by who we are and our position. We're not only willing to conspire against people, we're willing to do the most ugly things. Ruthless, unmerciful. 
things to get them out of the picture. They never were a real part of the fellowship anyhow. Seemed to me like they always, they brought that spirit from that other church when they came to our church. Never seemed to get past it. And they began to hack away. You know, jealousy is called cruel as the grave in the Song of Solomon. And Saul, you remember how he was willing to kill David because of his jealous heart. Even threw his javelin at him and David avoided it and it went into the wall. Oh, beloved, if anyone's carrying a javelin today, let me encourage you to take it back out and break it. We need hearts that respond to one another, not hearts that retaliate against one another. Let brotherly love continue, the Bible says. And so they threw him down into the pit, verse uh, verse 22, 23, when Joseph was come, they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into the pit. And the pit was empty and there was no water in it. Notice a, a, a further attitude of rejection. Verse 25, and they sat down to eat bread. Where'd they get that? Oh, Joseph brought it to them. They sat down to eat bread and they lifted up their eyes and looked and behold a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh going to carry it down to Egypt. I want to particular, just for a moment, particularly emphasize them sitting down. They just threw Joe in the pit and it hasn't even bothered their appetite. So I would mention, fifthly, following the spirit of jealousy and the spirit of superiority and the spirit of conspiracy. What are we going to do? And the spirit of cruelty. They cast him into the pit, pulled his coat of many colors off of him, sat down at the edge of the pit and ate the bread that Joe had brought them. Here we see, fifthly, the spirit of insensitivity. Let's put it in our vernacular. Joseph's in the pit. They're eating the bread that he brought them. And can you almost hear them say, uh, he had it coming to him. Somebody needed to teach him a lesson. Uh, we, he didn't care about us. He told how the dreams were going to come out. He didn't care about us. Hey, don't worry about it. We'll leave him to providence. God will help him somewhere along the line. <laughs> the spirit of insensitivity. Now, I know you folks are couched here in this precious local church and you don't travel as I do from church to church 
But I grew up in a real God-fearing home and in a real gospel-preaching church. And I rebelled against the Lord for several years. But when the Lord harnessed me, when, when the Lord put me in the yoke, and I began to travel, I was appalled. I could not get over the fact that church people could act the way some of them act. So insensitive. They can even use words that Christians aren't supposed to use when they get mad. And can do it even in the churchyard. Insensitive. Oh, brother, Joseph is getting the whole act, isn't he? The spirit of jealousy, the spirit of conspiracy the spirit of cruelty, the spirit of insensitivity, and then they saw a way to make a dollar off of him. The spirit of prosperity. (laughs) Well, hey, let's don't let him rot in that pit. Let's make a dime off of him. Here's this Ishmaelite caravan going down to Egypt. Let's sell him. At least we'll make some profit. We'll get something out of this besides personal satisfaction that we showed him a thing or two. And so they sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, which would be the equivalent to 30 pieces of silver in the New Testament. It's the price of a slave. And Joseph was sold and his brethren made a profit off of him. <laughs> ah, when God sends us through these trials and we find ourselves being rejected, perhaps on the job, perhaps in the home or by the family, or we may be rejected by friends or even folks at church, God forbid. We often go through all these stages. And it's hard to believe that someone would be willing to profit off of you after they've said what they've said or done what they've done. But the test is, what are you going to do? Are you going to retaliate? Are you going to say as you join the Ishmaelite caravan, I'll get even if it's the last thing I do. Or are you going to commit your spirit to God? Say, Lord, you brought me this far. I believe you'll take me on. You helped me thus far. You gave me the dreams, Lord. I'm just going to hang on to what you put in my heart. The spirit of prosperity. There's a seventh attitude. and The seventh attitude of rejection is found in verses 31 and 32. They took Joseph's coat of many colors. They killed a goat, a kid of the goats. I love to tell this. I was preaching in Scotland. And I was worried, you know, anyhow, about how things I would pronounce, how I would go over. And this old Scots preacher, Charles Maine, evangelist Charles Maine, was preaching in the same meeting I was in. And one night, My wife and I were very homesick, and I said something about missing, oh, we're missing our kids. 
old Charles got up after me and he said, Young man, I can see you've caught, been caught up in the American way. He said, you called your children kids. Kids. He said, when you call your children kids, it makes me think you feel their mother is an old goat. So over the years, I've tried to abstain from calling them kids. But they took a kid of the goats. And they killed that little goat and dipped his coat in the blood. And then they went back home to dad and said to him, We don't know what happened to Joe. Did you send him down to check on us or something? We found his coat. And... uh, It looks like some beast has chewed him to pieces. And Jacob said, that's my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. And they're just feeling like, boy, we got by with this one. Notice seventhly, the spirit that began in jealousy developed into superiority and conspiracy, eventually cruelty, and insensitivity, and they're even willing to make a profit off of Joe with prosperity, now becomes the spirit of hypocrisy. Father, did you send Joe down? Look what we found. We're so, we're so worried about Joe, Father. Let's pray for Joe tonight in the service. You, you notice Joe's missing He's missed a couple of services now. Let's let's pray for him. He and his family. I wish, Pastor, I wish y'all remember him. I've noticed he's missing. When they're the ones pushed him on out. The spirit of hypocrisy. Oh. Joseph got the full load, but watch it. Watch it. Joseph goes on down to Egypt. And there's never one word mentioned where Joe retaliated. (laughs) Well, I wish I could say I I have never retaliated. A couple of times, have you all ever done this? A couple of times, I read that verse in the Bible and it read like this. Vengeance is mine, saith Tom. I will repay. God, help us. May we commit our spirit. Totally to the Spirit of God. There was no revenge in Joe. There was no hatred. There was no retaliation. He didn't try to bargain with them. There was no deceit. He felt like God had a big plan for him and he allowed all of this to become part of that plan under God. It reminds me of the Lord Jesus. And Simon Peter gives us this description of uh, the Lord Jesus towards his, those who rejected him. Let me read this. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. That's Jesus' way of handling rejection. May the Holy Spirit help you and me to pass that test. 
It's the test of the spirit whether or not we're going to be committed to God. Our Father, we ask somehow that thou wouldst impress our hearts with this scene, this setting. And I pray, Lord, that thou wouldst help us to see there will be tests, there will be conflicts, there will be points of difficulty. Oh, Lord, I pray that the Spirit of the Lord Jesus might reign in our lives. We might pass this test of rejection. Lord, if we can handle this, you might even trust us with more. Now seal this to our hearts. Prepare our hearts for the morning service. In Jesus' name, amen.